on RSN927, the Racing and Sports Rundown. Good morning and welcome to another episode of the Racing and Sports Rundown. This is our final show for 2022. We'll be back in the autumn though, but we're wrapping up a big spring today. We have got one of the all-time great meetings to have a look at. Three big group ones at Flemington. We'll have a look at the Five Diamonds card up there in Sydney. We might even quiz Adam Blenko on what's happening over at the Breeders' Cup in America and maybe even get his thoughts on how Gold Trip rated with his Melbourne Cup win last Tuesday. Simon Donopoulos, Sydney man on the ground. We heard from him last week. You signed off, Simon, and said you had a good thing for us on Tuesday. Well, maybe not a good thing, but one of the better each-way bets you've ever seen in your life. You were nearly the hero. <sighs> you just had to bring it up again, didn't you, Brad? <laughs> I was just getting over it, this game day. No, it was... Uh... The best part was everyone was like, oh, great each-way bet, mate. You backed it for the place. And obviously, I only backed it to win. So, um, yes, painful, painful, but we almost got it. Almost. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was heartbreak. Um, we passed the word around in the press room at Flemington that um, our man on the ground had one in that race. So everyone was tuned in and, uh, unfortunately, just come up short. What, what do you make of uh, today's proceedings? You've got a day at Sydney that you've had a a really good look at, but um, no doubt also casting the eye over what's happening down here in Melbourne. Yeah, all eyes on Flemington. I don't think you could ask for much more. I thought last week was good, and I'd say I'll go to Adam for this because he'll have a definitive answer, but to me, this does look uh, the best day of racing we've seen this season. Yeah, absolutely. We're just struggling to get Adam at the moment, so um, we'll bring him in very, very shortly. What are you, mate, of what's happened to this point of the, um, the week down here at Flemington, just looking on from afar? Yeah, to be honest, I didn't agree with the uh, Champions Mile being changed from a handicap. I thought the Cantala was one of the races of the spring every year, but I don't think you can argue with the field they've assembled uh, for this year. Private Eye, obviously, breathing fire coming down from Sydney. You've got the horses coming off the Cox Plate, and then you've got my Oberon adding a bit of spice. So looks a really good race. And then you've got my boy Cascadian, who is trying to win. Well, it's not the Cantala anymore, but this will be the fourth time he's run in this race and he's been beaten a head, a neck and a head. Although, not as easy for him now at Wait for Age. Gee, James Cummings has been bullish. He's used some really strong material around Cascadian in the lead up to this race. I think he's expecting a very big performance just for the simple fact that he gets into this race now as, as Wait for Age. He probably wouldn't have run in it if it was still a handicap. So I think he senses an opportunity here with Cascadian and I'm giving him a big chance for exactly that reason. We've got, so, uh, we've got Adam now. Um, Adam, what's the, the race of the day, or the race that you're most looking forward to at Flemington today? It is a mile, sorry, I'm fashionably late, and no surprise to uh, chime in and hear Simo's on to Cascadian already. We managed to get to Cascadian within 35 seconds, good. Uh, but that's the race of the day, isn't it, the mile? I think of the um, Anima Thunderstruck is uh, an awesome round three contest, but the betting is, uh, it's very hard to get involved betting-wise, and, and you could say the same of the sprinters as well, with the, the market's really very well betted down there, but... There's a little bit more flair in, in the betting of the mile with a, with a few more form lines clashing, but terrific day overall. Yeah, well, let's kick things off. We'll get straight into looking at the the mile there. Private Eye, he's the one that all the money's coming for, most are talking about. How do we assess his prospects going into this? The, the way I'm looking at him coming into today, this, this has been the target all along. It was only off the back of that dynamic first up performance that he got a run 
in the Everest. And then after he performed so well there, they took the option of running for big money next time around over 1,300 metres. And I think he, he raced like a miler in that 1,300 metre race and just powered through the line. So I'm not that worried about the jump from 13 to 1,600 here today. Uh, what do you make of his prospects from a ratings point of view? Uh, they are strong. Yeah, there's, he's a he's an outstanding chance. And, and you're right, I think the mile will pose no problems. As you say, he's been dynamic over sprint trips, but he's um, we know him as, a, as an Epsom winner, of, of course, and he was strong at the end of a, a really well-run mile, in, in uh, re- well-run 1,400 in, in the Stradbroke. And, yeah, the, the visual impression he left last week at the end of 1,300 was backed up by the splits. He was running all over them at the finish, and that was a, a high-class performance. But not only a high-class performance, but a high-class performance with more to come, which is the, the exciting thing about him you know, heading towards today. So ratings-wise, he's bang there with the, the Alligator Bloods and, and Mr Brightside's even a bit better than Mr Brightside, but bang there with an Alligator Blood, for example, bang there with, with a Cascadian and, and with bundles more upside than, than him. Sorry, Simo. Um, and to see whether he can reel in Alligator Blood, I, I really hope Alligator Blood's got, got one more big run in him and, and can sort of give us what he gave us in the... I was going to say the Craigley and the Maccabi Diva at, at the same course and distance. You know, he made Thunderstruck pull out all the stops to, to reel him in that day. If he can do something similar and kick again off a, what I assume will be a, a no more than even tempo, then um, it's going to take Private Eye you know, delivering on all the promise of, of those late splits last week to, to run him down. And that is something that I want to watch. What about the horses out of the Cox Plate? Um, Alligator Blood, uh, who you just touched on there, but also Mr Brightside, who... The knock on him in all these races beyond 1,600 metres was that we thought he was a miler, and now he gets back to a mile today. Yeah, I, I think he probably runs, and his ratings aren't that far below. In fact, they're almost exactly where they are at a mile over 2,000 metres, but they've been riding him very conservatively, and obviously last start the barrier probably had something to do with that, but I think he could... Um, I think he's probably versatile, mile, mile and a quarter, but he keeps running really well. His ratings this spring have been terrific right throughout, so... Um, there's no reason, I would think, to, to doubt him dropping back to a mile. As you say, there'd be a line of thinking that he might be even better at a mile. I think probably just same, same. Um, the big ticket for him probably isn't the distance. As I said, think versatile to that. But I think the big tick for him is is the draw and surely, surely some sort of intent to ride him a bit closer than, than they have in his last couple because he's... Um, yeah, he's, a, he's another horse. His splits have been terrific and, and everything says that he's going every bit as well now as when he romped in the fee and back in September. So... Um, He's at the peak of his powers and, and just needs a good steer. Simon, I'll give you an opportunity to talk even further about Cascadian. He's been doing his thing up in Sydney in the lead-up to this race. He's, he's probably the um, this year's version of Think It Over. He pretty much did what he did last year, and now he comes down. How have those performances up there over distances further than what he steps out over today, how have they um, measured up with what you might need to be winning a race like this? Yeah, I, th- I certainly think Cascadian's breathing fire coming down to Melbourne. I don't think he's, I don't think James has had him going any better in his whole time he's been here, which is remarkable uh, for now a, a seven-year-old. Uh, the problem being they they were penalty kicks uh, for him in Sydney that he's been winning for outstanding prize money. Uh, to be fair, none of the formers really worked out at either of the races. He's been the only winner out of his last two races. Seven have come out of his last start for only two placings, and he goes headfirst into a real race. Uh, just focused. It certainly didn't take much beating last start. So I think the I love Cascade. He runs well in this race every year, as I mentioned. But the biggest concern for him is the barrier. 
and I, I suggest they're likely to concede. And if he's going to settle behind Private Eye, I don't think he can win. So I think the map is all important in this race because if you're coming into the straight behind Private Eye, you can't win. And I think that's going to be the big concern for Cascadian. I'm actually surprised he's held his place in the market as much as he has given the likely speed map. Is that as negative as he gets around Cascadian, Adam? Yeah, that is an absolutely <laughs> scathing review of Cascadian from, from Simo. Cheeky little whack at Just Folk in there as well, which I didn't didn't like, I must say. <laughs> what about my Oberon, Adam? He's one that most will oh, be yeah. struggling to assess because um, he is holding up quite prominent in the market there at $4.60, the second favourite. Um, how did he come out of that Cox Plate Day run? Yeah, I could probably borrow Simo's Cascadian notes and, and I'll just rattle them off for, for my Oberon, I think. He um, he was tremendous last time in the, the Crystal Mile, but he didn't do anything outside the bounds of what he's been doing fairly reliably in Europe for a couple of seasons now, ratings-wise. So he, he was on the high side of his, his range of ratings, but, but yeah, as I said, not outside the range of, of what he's done in the past. And he got a really strong pace to, to run at there. So if they're going to be cute with him here and, and things set up very differently... Same caveat applies. If he's behind a horse like Private Eye and having to out-sprint him, then he might be asked to do something very different to certainly what he did first up in the Crystal Mile. So it looks a little funny, that that price to me, all things considered, because I don't think we learned anything about him at the Valley. Although, as I said to Simo during the week, perhaps for some who hadn't, you know, I suppose what we did learn is that he's settled into Australia and he's just as good here as he, as he was in Europe. And he has fallen into a place in, in Group 1 races in, in Europe in the past. But I'm saying this is a, a real Group 1 as well, so... I'm not. Um, I'm not falling for the. Hey, European form's just going to clean us out here. I think our horses here. We can. We can stand up and be be proud of what we've assembled for this race. This is a real Group One, the Alligator and, and Private Eye. And I did say Simo as well. Uh, reeling in a Buffalo is a little bit easier than reeling. A little bit um, easier than reeling in an Alligator. I think from from the Valley to here. So 440. <laughs> spare me. Double figure chance. So no interest in my Oberon. Is it a bet race for you, Adam? Uh, I will certainly be having Alligator Blood run for me today. Yeah, I think the I think the way the the prices are assembled, Private Eye is understandably popular, but he is very popular. So it's hard to imagine now that there's there's much meat left on on those bones. So um, Alligator Blood will run for me. All right, the blood for Adam there. What we'll, we'll move on to the other race today that contains some runners out of the Cox Plate, and this is the thing that I can't get my head around. We've got seven of the twelve runners from the Cox Plate. Um, running today, so more than half the field. And if you look at years gone by, even with the move of the McKinnon back to the last day of the carnival, we've never had this many horses going around um, out of the Cox Plate. So it's a big tick for what the VRC have done. We've got the, well, the two, well, probably the three really big names that we wanted out of the Cox Plate to be going around again. We've got the winner, Animo, the runner-up on Thunderstruck, and also Zaki. He always adds something to these weight-for-age contests, and we're certain to get another good race today. Adam, what are your thoughts on the way this one might play out? Yeah, you're right. It's great that, the, that they've turned up here. And actually, if you look, if things pan out the way that they might this afternoon, it'll, um, and the the races are one with the ratings that they are you know, sort of profile to be one with. It'll be the best race meeting individual race card of the year in Australia. It'll topple slip a day if we can if we can hold up and these horses can go once more. And I think they can go once more because I don't think the Cox Plate was a an exhaustive test, if you like. It was a exciting race, a good race, and and look, they ran to a, a really high level. But I don't think it was absolutely sapping. So they don't come. They don't stagger out of the valley and, and off to Flemington for, for a big afterthought. The other thing is I don't think it's an afterthought for most of these guys as well because 
I think most of them would have been planning on, on running here this year and, and 10 million bucks will do that for you. So um, most of them have, have probably had this in mind the whole way through, even post Cox Plate. So I find it a hard race to, to probably have a bet because it's it's very um, it's very A from B from C. It's, it's fairly straightforward. Animo leads 2-0. Thunderstruck was brilliant through the line. Everyone saw that at the Valley last time. The betting there, if you scale it to 100, 100% head-to-head, was sort of 80-20 Animo. Um, and then looking at the early markets at the moment, it's it's squeezed up a little bit. Even though Animo won, I think everyone saw what what happened there. There's the Flemington angle with Thunderstruck. It's all pretty straightforward, and it's it's now sort of two thirds to a third. I think that's probably a, a fair a fair update of of opinions coming from the the Valley to Flemington, and, and therefore I think it's probably hard to to be absolutely desperate to to want to have a bet. And then obviously, as you said, you can't ignore Zaki entirely because. He has had the the advantages and and every chance to to beat those horses in in the last couple where he you know he's he's ridden his positive racing pattern but he'll do that again um, and he must be some sort of hope you couldn't discard him entirely Zaki so it will be a a surprise and a shame I suppose if one of those three wasn't able to turn up and, and win it and I hope we get the the rematch that we want from Animo and Thunderstruck but I think it's more sport than um, it's more sport on the track than in the betting ring well, Simon will be very disappointed you haven't even mentioned Mawunga today because he's yeah. been crunching the numbers on Mawunga during the week. It's the key stat, Brad, which Adam just <laughs> This is a real lost. lot of history says this one. I love it. <laughs> it is, um, this was utterly bizarre, I thought. So since 2000, five horses have run fifth in the Cox Plate and gone on to the Champion Stakes or the McKinnon, and all of them have won. And... During that period, So You Think is the only horse to place, he won the Cox Plate, but to place in the Cox Plate and then win the McKinnon. You're better off in the last sort of 20 years to not run a place, you have a better chance. So Mwanga, little does he know, he could make it six from six for horses running fifth today. It's actually a stat that I um, used to put quite a deal of credence into when you had... The McKinnon was the week after the Cox Plate. And what you would often find was you would get a horse coming out of the Cox Plate that finished somewhere between fourth and sixth that didn't have fifth. a really hard... Yeah, yeah, well, that is fifth. Yeah, <laughs> that is between fourth and sixth. But sometimes you get a fourth-place getter or a sixth-place getter. They just jump off the page at you. The likes of Lonro, he won it off a sixth-placing in the Cox Plate. Grand Army, Lad of the Manor. Thessio, he was a fifth-place getter. So, too, was Scenic Shot. Uh, side Glance ran sixth in the Cox Plate. So, too, did Happy Trails. It is. It was a very good form line. But in all of those years, it was very rare for the Cox Plate winner to, to back up into the McKinnon Stakes. So we're, we're dealing with a little bit of a different formula now, but it's um, it's something... Hold on, the... Brad. Are you saying this all doesn't mean anything? <laughs> well, well, we're just um, mounting uh, a very strong case because the other thing that, that you raised, Simon, about the fifth-place getters is every time they've gone around, they've got the chockies. Um, there's, there's been no misses in your little... Um, your time frame. So um, that's one there for the Moanga fans. Coming out of the Cox Plate, he was the one that I was actually keen on in this race, thinking that there might have been a doubt about Animo going around. I'm Thunderstruck and Zaki were going to go to the mile. I thought 13 bucks was good value about him two weeks ago, but he's going around the same price now in what looks a pretty tough race. Yes, very hard, especially when I imagine they're just going to concede from that draw and give much better horses a you know, a big start. I, it's interesting. I thought the mini, in terms of the Cox Plate, I thought it played out perfectly uh, for this race because if you're an Animo fan, you won. Uh, but if you're an I'm Thunderstruck man, 
fan, you came away still thinking you can beat Animo. So they've certainly got the recipe they wanted for what you know looks to be a fantastic rematch. Yeah, 100%. I can't go against him. I've got to stick with Animo. He, he had the look about him in the line on the Cox plate that you find Thunderstruck had a better run. He might have been able to topple him. But you go back to the start before, he did have a um, tougher run. He put a length on, a better run. He put a length on Animo and Animo was able to wear him down. He just seems to have a find, find a way to win Animo and I'm expecting him to do the same today. Either of you guys, Oh, Adam, you're not keen to have a play um, in the the main race, the um, the champions uh, stakes. Simon, any no, interest no, from a betting um, point of view? No, no, I think it's all, as Adam mentioned, it's all pretty tight there and all for sports. So I think this is a team's race. If you're a team animo, you're betting, and if you're a team, I'm Thunderstruck, you're betting. Well, I'm very keen to have a look at it anyway. That's going to be a fantastic race. Race number right on the card at 10 past five. We'll head off to a break now. We'll come back on the other side and we'll have a look at the one that I think many people out there are looking forward to more than any other race, the champion sprint. Welcome back to the Racing and Sports Rundown. We've looked at two of the Group 1s at Flemington. We've still got the sprint to go. Nature Strip v Giga Kick v a few others. I think we have gathered uh, a few more contenders or uh, participants, at least, than what we thought we might have been dealing with here. I think there was an expectation once Nature Strip said he was going to have a bowl around here that it might be a small field just like it was last year, but not to be, and it's fantastic for the race. Adam, how do we assess the makeup of the sprint field this year? Yeah, you're right. We probably thought we might get something like last year, which was um, basically a procession and, and just a chance to, to clap him down the straight and, and enjoy him. He, he rewarded everyone with a, with a world-class performance and, and absolutely smashed everything to bits. But we get a bit more than that, and there's a, there's a few interesting horses um, lining up, a few interesting horses that are probably not really strong winning chances. You wouldn't think, given a horse like Nature Strip and, and even just you know, Giga Kick and, and Bella Nipotina are in the race coming off, hot, hot wins, but there's a couple of other horses in the race that probably have something to, to do with how it, how it all unfolds, and that's Front Page, who's a very, very cool horse, and the Astrologist, because they're going to be the, the speed, and I think we, if, if we needed to learn any more about it, we learnt it again, that Nature Strip is a terrific Group 1 horse when they go faster in the first half and slower in the second, and he's world-class and near enough unbeatable when they, when they go the other way and they go slower in the first, um, slower in the first half and faster in the second, so if he's able to just sit up, find his feet, find his rhythm, find his flow state. Um, he'll turn it on again today and, and he'll beat them. He's come off the Everest the last three years and even when he was out of sorts and, and lost, he still managed to improve at Flemington from, from Ramwick. So I think the, the way they typically run races at Flemington suits him ideally. So I, I think it's... Um, sad to say this it's all a little bit straightforward again (laughs) well we thought the Everest was straightforward uh Simon you and I were in the same boat we thought that the different preparation uh that Chris Waller might have undertaken with Nature Strip might have seen that second up factor not necessarily be an issue this time around maybe that just wasn't maybe that wasn't the problem but do we fall back to the line of thinking that Maybe it was, and third up is when we're going to really see fire. Yeah, the interesting thing for me with this sprint this afternoon, it's it's a massive upgrade market-wise for Giga Kick and Bella Nipotina because had we be talking about this race, say, you know, a month ago and that we are going to get close to even money for Nature Strip to beat Giga Kick and Bella Nipotina, you've, it's Max bet job. You couldn't have enough on, and... 
That's the thing for me. Bella Nipotina's win was obviously very good in the Manicato, but heavy track around the valley compared to this is very, very different. And I've seen Nature Ship race her down the straight before, so her single figures to me seems madness. And that rating from the Manicato, I can't ignore it, but I think she's very, very unlikely to repeat it. And Giga Kick, I still don't believe he won the Everest. So <laughs> that, to me, is still knocking me on the floor with Giga Kick. I hope he repeats it because it'd be fantastic. He's a gelding, and he's three. If he can beat Nature Ship again, wow, uh, we've got ourselves some quality racing for many years to come. But I think it's a decent upgrade, a too big an upgrade for mine. And if we are going to get even money Nature Ship, that has to be the bet. Yeah, I agree. He's my best for the day in Nature Strip. And I do think that we will get around about even money. Uh, $1.85 he is at the moment. He did touch $1.80. I think once we get closer to race time, we might get, a little, we might get $2. Don't, not expecting any better than that. And I'm, I'm happy to play um, with him at, um, well, even at the price he is now. I think um, he'll be winning. Uh, you'll tend to get involved if you can get better odds. Um, Simon, Adam, um, you've said it looked all pretty straightforward. Does that mean you're going to get involved in any way? No, well, when I said straightforward, I thought in terms of pricing it up, I think evens is probably right. If, you, you know, that's, if you're into that sort of thing, go nuts. And I, don't, I think it's one of those things as well where he, he lost the Everest at, at similar prices or was he slightly better than evens in the Everest? And I think you probably walk away from that at the time thinking, oh, well, you know, I've done my money on a short price favourite, but it's not necessarily a bad bet. I think you know, if, you've, if you've taken that bet, keep going, take it again. Um, in the long term, you, you probably won't do too much damage, but it's um, yeah. As, as Simo says, the, the prices on the, the two dangers are, are screwed right down as well. It all looks it all looks pretty tight. Yep, he was beaten home by Shelby, sixty six second up last preparation, and then came out and blew them away in the TJ Smith. So I'm happy to go with him again here, Nature Strip. Let's turn our attention to Sydney, Simon. This is where you do your thing. The Five Diamonds, uh, Ellsberg, short priced favourite. What do we make of the inaugural running of this event? Yeah, I reckon we can get him beat, Brad. I think the two big queries for me with Ellsberg, I know he's had the form in Sydney, he obviously won the Epsom and then he's won the lead up impressively, but stepping up to 1,800 metres and back onto a good track, I think they're two key negatives for him. He looks to get a good run on the map, but I think if you're going to take on a favourite today at Rose Hill, he's got to be the favourite. You've got to try and get beat. And Laws of Indices, I think, brings better form to the table anyway. He was good in the Rupert Clark. He was an eye-catcher in the two-rack. And then to be beaten less than three lengths behind Animo, uh, that's just got to be better form than beating Sabak. So the only niggle in this race for me is the draw. Uh, but Hugh Bowman, I think he's riding very well. Probably hasn't got the results he's deserved, given how well he's riding. Uh, but I think he can pick this up uh, this afternoon. So it looks hard to beat Laws of Indices. Any thoughts on the five diamonds from you, Adam? No, I would, I would have thought... No, I know that Melbourne form gets a bit of a canning, but I would have thought the Cox Plate could hold up in a time-honoured five diamonds. <laughs> so I, uh, I can see the angle there with, with Laws of Indices. I'm a little bit interested to see what, um, what new mandate does. He's a, a new bay over for, I think, joining Chris Waller and, and fairly well-performed, actually, in, in the UK. And I can see in the betting there that there's absolutely no interest in him, and, and perhaps that's fair. But he does have um, a couple of ratings over there that would make him not much worse than Ellsberg or, or Laws of Indices. So I would think that he should be and could be competitive new mandate at, at big odds, but um, I'm not giving him a shove or anything. I, I don't know how he's settled in or, or anything about how he's going, but he's, um, yeah, he's certainly an interesting horse because he could very well develop into someone or something that is uh, useful in good races over here. 
Cox Plate and Sail Cup form collide. What do we make mm. of Uncle Bryn? Uh, well, he's a Simo tells me, peak. yeah, <laughs> Simo tells me, and I think he might be onto something. That um, whenever I say, "Oh, this one's gone really well last start," won the Sale Cup, splits were terrific, times fine. This is a good win. Yeah, but that's stable. You you want to back him next time. You want to back them off the zeros and, and lay them off the wins. So, um, human heart rate monitor, Trent Basutin. And what about it? And one's got a big following down here. Um, he's had a couple of runs back this time, and I think this race has been a goal all along. What do we make of his prospects? I think the challenge for Ayrton is that he was a rocket early, and he's levelled out as the same rocket when everyone thought he was going to be, you know, a Group One superstar. So. The level he's at now he is good enough to win this race this afternoon, but he'll need Ellsberg and Laws of Indices to not run to their best for him to win, I would think. All righty, but uh, you are keen on Laws of Indices. Anything else up there that's caught your eye in Sydney, Simon? Yeah, I'll swing to my best bet. Brad, race seven, electric girl. She won the hot Danish last year, and I think she's overachieved this time in on the wet tracks because if you look at her form, her ratings are certainly better on top of the ground. She gets the good track. Hugh Bowman missed a 1-1 from that draw. Perfect. And the danger, she's a belter. I think it's a fair assessment that... Not a fair assessment, but a lot of people are expecting just to jump out of the ground, getting back onto a firm track. But I don't think any of her form is good from Brisbane. Sharp and Smart's the only horse to come out of that carnival from the three-year-olds to actually do anything this time in. So I think they're priced far too tight. I think you could almost mark Electric Girl odds on in this race because the third pick, Lavish Girl, uh, needs a wet track. So, Or her best form was off that run behind Zapateo. She was okay in the Silver Eagle, but the invitation form, I think, has got Electric Girl a fair way ahead of these. So she's into 240 now. I could still mark her shorter. So clearly the best for me up there, race seven. All right, race seven, number one. That is Simon's best for the day in the feature up there, the five diamonds. He likes laws of indices. That's race eight, number two. Adam, your best bets anywhere around the country? Uh, before I do, I will just chip in for the fine people of Queensland who will be yelling at the radio right now. And I know we have a lot of Queensland listeners. Zoo Gotcha did come out of the two-year-old form up in Brisbane as well. I know what Simo was saying, specifically those form lines, but the Brisbane form holds up. The Brisbane form is good. Um Best for me is a tissue in the in the matriarch. She uh, finally gets to two thousand meters. It's um might be a bit of a dud tip actually because I see the price has gone off everywhere. Um, but she is absolutely breathing fire, ready to win this race. A tissue and her last run before she got on the boat and ca- came across the Tasman, she didn't beat much, um, and she didn't even run particularly fast time. But her late splits were dynamic. She absolutely thumped a listed field in, in New Zealand there, and it just said to me that she is a 2,000-metre horse all over, and she's had 16 runs in Australia, where she's been rock-solid and really smart. Her ratings have been as good here, actually better here, than they were in New Zealand, but I still think there's upside there for her going to 2,000 metres, and her run last week, her late splits, yet again. Please get me to 2,000 metres, and she does on the backup, and she finds a little jockey called James McDonald, which doesn't hurt. So uh, I think a tissue is... Yeah, pretty hard to beat, I would, I would imagine, in that matriarch. I'd be very surprised, barring incident, if she's not um, if she's not bang there at the finish. All right, that's race five, number four, Adam's best. My best is Nature Strip, race six, number one. That brings us to a close for the spring series of the Racing and Sports Rundown. Thanks for joining us, guys.